The following is an interview with Aaron Craig. Aaron is the head boys cross country and distance coach for Valparaiso High School. During this interview, we cover Aaron's background in the sport, his coaching journey, and explore the topic of coaching to develop the person, not just the athlete. Aaron is a super down-to-earth and genuine guy. I really enjoyed talking, coaching with him, getting his insight on culture, and developing his athletes as more than just athletes. This is another instance of it being easy to see why Valpo has had the success that it's had with Aaron at the helm. As always, I hope you all enjoy this conversation as much as I did. Without further ado, I give you Aaron Craig. Welcome to the Indiana Runner podcast. All right, hey, th- thanks for having me. This is a this is a huge honor. I know when you contacted me initially, I told you what a uh, what a big fan I am. Uh, haven't missed a single episode yet, so um, definitely excited to be here. This is my uh, my first time being on a podcast, so wow. yeah, man, I'm excited about that for sure. And um, now, whenever I go to like a uh, social function where they say, you know, give us like a cool <laughs> fact, I'll be able to say I've been on a podcast before. So. I'm um, definitely go. excited to do it. It's a huge honor. And um, just as we get started, man, I want to thank you for having me on and thank you for doing what you're doing. Um, as a longtime attendee of the ITCC coaching clinic, and I love going to hear other coaches talk. And so, you know, you doing this once a week and putting this out, I mean, that, like that scratches that itch for, uh, <laughs> for getting to hear, uh, you know, getting to hear some good, uh, you know, whether it be cross country, track, running related you know, getting to hear some of the 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 um, some of the great all-time Indiana runners that you've had on there who are now mm-hmm. kind of in their professional career or coaching career, that type of thing. Um, you know, I would just tell you thanks. I'm just grateful that you do this. Um, I've, I mean, I've really enjoyed every episode. You know, a lot of times I'll download it and then take it with me on my run and I'm just <laughs> listening to it and that kind of thing. I mean, it's, it's one of those things that sometimes you don't know what you don't know. Mm-hmm. And so you get a chance to hear other people talk. So it's been very informative for me. I feel like I always learn something and uh, always get a little bit inspired. So hopefully I can kind of return that favor. And if nothing else, many people will say, well, that was dumb. And they won't repeat some of the same stuff that I've done. So there you hopefully go. Either way, hopefully either way, it'll be, uh, it'll be good. But man, I'm looking forward to it. So thank you again for having me. Thank yeah, you absolutely. for what you're doing. Keep, keep up the good work. Well, I appreciate that. Yeah, I didn't. So this is my first year at Carmel um, as an assistant coach. And I've been listening to the Indiana Runner podcast for a while as well. Um, I also listen to a bunch of other podcasts too. And I really like the interview you know, style format of a podcast. And so I was like, that'd be kind of cool if they did that on the Indiana Runner podcast as well. And so I threw out the idea to Colin and he was all about it. Um, and I didn't, I didn't know what to expect at first because I like, I've never done anything like this. And a lot of my guests have never been on a podcast like yourself, but it's been really cool and really like. I don't know. I've been blown away by like every episode. I don't know what to expect, but I'm always learning <laughs> something. And yeah, yeah I appreciate really the cool. kind of words. Yeah, that's really cool. I mean, you, you seem like you've got a natural, uh, natural gift for it, or you've taken on naturally to it. So yeah, it's it's really awesome. Like I said, I mean, I'm glad that you're doing it, and I think anybody listening should be able to get some good stuff out of it. So so keep it up, keep it up. I appreciate that. I feel like I'm I'm my biggest critic. I'm pretty like hard on myself. Um, so I, I appreciate those words. It means yeah. a lot. Well, well, co- well, you're in the right profession. Coaches usually are. We yeah. are our own, our 
own harshest critics most of the time. For sure. All right. Well, we're going to open this up with a little tear talk like we always do. Um, this one's, I don't know, it's kind of lame because you can. there's only four options for it. We're going <laughs> to do best season. Best season. Yes, yes. Uh, yeah. Do you want to start? You want me to start? No, you, you go ahead. You go ahead. Mine has a little bit of a twist to it, so I'll let you go okay. first. All right. Uh, so my number three is Summer. Um, I don't even know what to say about it. I like I like warmth. I prefer the warmth. Yeah, heck yeah. Um, it's a solid pick. Yeah, for sure. The peak of the summer, not the best when it's super hot, but um, yeah, summer number three. Number two okay. is spring. So my number two and number one are kind of tough because I feel like in Indiana, like these seasons are really short. <laughs> I feel like they last like two weeks. Once you think it's here, they're gone. Uh, number two is spring. I like the the transition from the winter to the summer. Um, when things are finally starting to warm up, you can, especially with running, finally start to take some, take your jacket off, take a shirt off maybe every once in a while. Um, the number one is fall. I think just like the, the sweater weather, the campfires, um, <laughs> you got the holidays right around the corner. There's just so much to look forward to with fall. Things are starting to cool down. So I think that'd be my number one. That's classic. Good list. Good list. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. It's hard to choose from, you know? <laughs> Yeah. So like you said, only four options, obviously. Yeah. So that means if you pick the top three, that means obviously the last one has got to be fourth. Mm -hmm. And I kind of didn't, I didn't want to kind of go like IHSA state cross country meet this year where, you know, they kind of just left out those last teams. I mean, I felt so bad about that. that <laughs> so I had to go with number four, honorable mention. I want to get, get this season some love. And mm -hmm. um, I actually did mine, like I said, with a little bit of a twist. Okay. Uh -huh. So I thought like, running podcasts, running website, running fans, you know, running and all that kind of stuff. How can I tie mm -hmm. it into running? So I went with the seasons based on the running season. Mm, okay, okay. How it relates to running. All right. And sure. kind of like my, my favorite, like, um, I guess if you think about like the four seasons, like how you would like with the races and running and things like that. So it's kind of tied into that. So okay. my number four coming in honorable mention is spring. All right. Oh. And of the, of, yeah. Of the four seasons, um, I think outdoor track was my fourth favorite. Okay. Oh, you're interesting. Kind of, you're kind of, yeah, if you're kind of ranked them all. I mean, I, I love track. Don't get me wrong, but it was not my favorite of the, uh, of the, of the four, I guess, kind of running things to do. Mm -hmm. um, it also kind of ties in, like you said, with the weather, especially up in here in Northwest Indiana, spring mm. is like two weeks. And yeah. it comes like in the middle of May. <laughs> so, um, I mean, most of our, our, our track meets, it's, 41 41 degrees like yeah. a light rain, overcast i mean so um I, like you said i don't think we get much of what actual spring might be in some some areas but um but i did it based more like on i said like outdoor outdoor track is my fourth favorite so is that to run or to coach or both to, to run to run okay to run. yeah okay yeah. when i when i was a kid I, I look forward to it but it was the one that if i had to say what i look forward to the most Mm. All the other ones I would look forward to more, more than outdoor track. So. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. So coming in at number three, okay. Would be the summer. All right. Okay. And then in the summer, you got your summer road races. Okay. okay. And I, as a kid and in college, I always loved a good summer road race, you know, just roll up on a Saturday morning, you know, pay your 15 bucks, you know, get your t-shirt, <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, put, put your bib number on, go out and run a 5k or a 10k, or they would have, you know, other off distances, you do a four miler randomly, or you'll know, mm -hmm. find a two mile road race or something. And, 
Um, you just go there with your teammates, have a good time. Usually have like a good post-race spread, you know, where you're getting some good fruit, you know, yeah. cookies or tons of Gatorade and all that kind of stuff. So um, always look forward to doing that with the team uh, as a kid and having, having a good time with that. So um, then from the other standpoint, like you said, summer, you get the nice weather, you can get out there and it's good for training and mm -hmm. uh, you know, always kind of signals like the, the start of cross country, I guess. So yeah, uh, true. from, a, from a, that kind of standpoint, uh, you know, that, that's like an added benefit to it. Mm -hmm. All right. Num number two in a narrow upset because everybody likes an underdog is yeah. winter. All okay. Right. Okay. So we're going with winter. And okay. That's because my, my second favorite season uh, to do was indoor track. Really? Yeah. I always loved indoor track. I love mm -hmm. the, uh, the small facility, love mm -hmm. the uh, getting in college, especially during like on some bank tracks. And that mm -hmm. was, was different. It was unique. It was super cool. Uh, you know, the venues, because they were kind of smaller, there was like that more intimate feel and the fans were like literally on top of you in some places, <laughs> yeah. you know, people walking across the track to get to their event, you know, like the, <laughs> I mean, a lot of times the way like the field houses would be set up. I mean, you have like the pole vault pole is like crashing into lane one, Yeah, uh, <laughs> shot put might roll onto the track, you know, yeah. in some places. So, um, uh, but I, I always loved indoor track and you, you would find maybe some different, um, some different events, maybe even that you could do. Uh, it seemed like there were a lot more, especially when I was a kid and um, also in college too, of course, but you know, distance medley, you might run more indoors and you know, just some, some different things. Yeah. And a lot of times it was because, oh, we only have a 150 meter track. So we're running mm -hmm. the 1500 tonight. Like, oh, yeah. okay, that's kind of different and cool and random. So mm -hmm. yeah, but anyways, always, so indoor track would be a, would be number two for me. And so okay. winter then takes number two. And from, from a running standpoint outside, um, and there's, I don't know, I've, I've come, as I've gotten older, I've come to like, um, running outdoor in the winter more. I mean, you can get some days where it's 20 degrees, sunny mm -hmm. and no wind, you know, and you've yeah. got the right kind of gear on, you can get, that's a, that's a nice temperature to run in sometimes. You know? That's you, true. You know, you're getting your hour, hour and 15 minutes, hour and a half, whatever it is, you know, as long as you're dressed properly and it's not crazy windy, sometimes it's more peaceful too. you have as many people out. Yeah, you know, so sometimes it's kind of just you in the road or you in the trails and that type of thing. And I think there's something kind of cool about that. Under underrated. Yeah, everybody loves an underdog. So <laughs> winter, winter taking that number two spot just by a narrow margin there. I like that. So then number one, of course, my favorite was always cross country. So mm -hmm. uh, the fall is number one. I always love cross. I love the team aspect of it. I love the uh, the uniqueness of getting to run different courses. Mm -hmm. How that kind of played into your strategy. Um, but at the same time, it was also individual, you know, so you had that component to it as well. Um, you mentioned some of the things about the weather, you know, uh, from a team standpoint, it was always nice, like after a meet to go to somebody's house that night, they have a bonfire, you know, cookout, you know, that type mm -hmm. of thing, or Friday night, maybe go to the football game and cut out early. Cause I know oh, I got to get up early tomorrow morning for the, you know, so kind of being excited at the football game Friday night. And then I got to get up early for this meet tomorrow morning and that mm -hmm. kind of you know, kind of all the things that go along with it. You mentioned the change in temperature, which is, you know, which is nice for, for training. Those cool mornings, you know, <laughs> and it kind of warms up in the afternoon, but then it kind of gets cool again at night. So, uh, you know, all that kind of stuff. But and mainly number one, because I was always cross country as I was my favorite. Okay. That's a good list. Yeah. I think, I think maybe one of the worst parts of running is like the first 15 minutes of a cold day. But I agree. Like once you warm up, once you settle in, it's, it's nice. It's yeah, better than yeah. you think it would be. 
Yeah, you start cruising and you get a little bit of a body body heat worked up, you know, some little temperature in there. And yeah, it's it's not too terrible. As again, as long as you're dressed properly. Now you and I, we both obviously work with high school kids. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> a yeah. lot of times they're going out there in their shorts, you know, their split shorts, and it's like oh, yeah. degrees and they come back and like, oh I'm cool. Well, why don't you yeah. put some tights on or some long pants or something? You know? For sure. It's definitely like a it's a lifelong journey to learn like what the appropriate clothing is. Cause even like when I look at the weather, I'm like, I think I know what I should wear, but sometimes it's too much, sometimes it's too little. It's definitely a, a learning curve. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. Cool. Well, like I said, I appreciate you doing this. Um, what kind of I guess tipped me off to to reach out to you for the interview uh was a post on Indiana Runner by Beave22. I assume <laughs> you know who this is, but I don't know who it is. Um, but so kind of the theme or the direction I want to go with our conversation uh, is I want to get your your background, how you got started in running, your coaching background, things like that. Um, and then this uh, post on Indiana Runner is kind of where the direction I want to go. So I'm going to read it. And then if you just kind of want to, I don't know, we'll go from there after I read it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, he said, I'm certainly biased as he's a friend of mine, but Aaron Craig is at Valpo is just a great human being. You would 100% want him helping mold your adolescent into a young man. Was a great runner himself, is a great leader, and cares so much. AC, you are the man. Um, <laughs> so for me, it was that that middle sentence that really stuck out to me because that's kind of my motivation as well. When he said, uh, you would 100% want him helping mold your adolescent into a young man. Um, I think, I mean, with all sports, but maybe especially running, I feel like it's a great um, tool or vehicle to teaching young people and people alike uh, different lessons and, you know, discipline, um, and being a, a coach, you have the opportunity to, I don't know, use that vehicle to, to help mold young people into people of character. Um, so yeah, would you mind just kind of talking yeah. on no, this? No, I, I, this... I agree with, I agree with all that. And especially at that, at that time in their life, mm. you know, when, when they're at a time that that kind of stuff is very, um, important to them and needs to be important to them. So yeah, I definitely agree with what you're saying there. Going going back to Beep 22 though, uh, mm-hmm. that is uh, Jerry Drever. He's a Valpo High School alum. Um, when mm-hmm. I was a kid in high school, uh, we kind of were competitors against each other and we'd become friends over the years. And I actually, um, this past summer, I worked with him. Uh, he owns a lawn care business. And okay. so he was looking for some extra help. So I do morning practice with the boys and then I go mow lawns with him in the afternoon and come back to afternoon practice. And um, I think he's just saying that really to butter me up. He doesn't want to lose me as an employee. (laughs) I I did a lot of the push mowing and he doesn't want to lose me. A lot of the push mowing. I think he was maybe exaggerating a little bit, but no, um, Mm -hmm. Jerry's a great guy and we've been good friends and all that. But um, like, like you were kind of getting back to what you were saying though, there is that, um, yeah, I definitely think, um, you know, with, with the opportunity that we have as coaches, you know, we spend so much time with these kids and, you know, you think about, you know, you may have a morning practice, maybe he goes for an hour or something before school. And then you have practice after school for two, two and a half hours or something. Then you're with them on a Saturday, you know, right at the high school, 5.30 AM, 6 AM, you got a three hour bus ride. You know, you're at the meet for four five, six hours, you get three hour bus ride home. And when you think mm-hmm. about it, it's a lot of time. And, and it's at a time in a kid's life when um, it's, it's a tough time for a kid being, a mm-hmm. high, being at that high school age. 
they're kind of getting to the point where they've got to make some tough decisions maybe going forward uh, mm -hmm. in regards maybe to college and if they're going to go or not. Are they going to go into you know, military service? Are they going to go into a trade? Are they mm -hmm. not going to do anything? Are they going to get right into a job? So they're, they're at a tough point from, you know, like the, the future, quote unquote, is kind of like looming. Yeah. You know, and they've got all the pressures of just high school brain. I mean, it's a, it's a tough, it's tough age for kids. And, and being in that coaching position, we are, um, I guess, lucky or we, we, get, we get the opportunity to kind of help direct and help they mold and um, just give some input, give some support, you know, give them a place where they can hopefully learn some things that have application not only in the sport uh, in, you know, in general, but then they can also then carry over to uh, you know, to, to life itself and hopefully think lessons that they'll learn here you know, about facing, you know, meeting challenges head on, mm -hmm. you know, about willing to, uh, to push yourself, you know, whatever aspect it is, you know, being, being a good teammate, you know, being someone that's dependable, being someone that's accountable, mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff. So yeah, I definitely agree that like you were saying, I mean, as coaches, we have a, um, get a good responsibility to uh, a big responsibility to, to hopefully get to play a positive role um, in the life of, you know, whether it's young men or young women, you know, as they're kind of trying to make sense of who they are, what their identity is and what they hope to be and do and kind of, kind of play that small role going forward. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like it's easy to forget what a pivotal time it is for them. Um, just being, you know, being on the other side of it, you know, not too far on the other side of it, but on the other side of it, <laughs> um, you know, when we're, we have our own things going on in our own lives, you know, we're trying to figure things out for ourselves, but yeah, it's, it's such a awesome privilege and responsibility. Um, so that's kind of the theme I want to, I want to stick with. Uh, I want to yeah, circle back because sure. I got I have a bunch of questions about kind of developing the person, not just the athlete. Uh, but first I want to get your background um, okay, yeah. with, uh, with running and then with also with coaching. Okay. So, How'd you get your start in running? Um, yeah, where did it all begin? All right, so I was kind of late to the sport. Uh, I actually didn't start until day one, okay? Day one of the official season, freshman year. Whoa. So August, you know, second, third, fourth, whatever that would have been, 1994. Just rolled to practice. I had no prior experience with the sport at all. And, <laughs> uh, you know, I was that kid who was there like in – jean shorts or cargo shorts and a Blackhawks baseball cap and you have running <laughs> shoes. And, uh, you know, the, I remember the, uh, the very first practice, the upperclassmen boys there, they were talking about Steve Prefontaine. Okay. And I thought he was a kid that ran like at a different high school. You know? and I just, <laughs> those your like where I, I had, I had no, no, uh, no history with the sport. So mm -hmm. um, I actually, I grew up in Dyer on the North side of uh, the, the Lake central kind of uh, boundary line. And went to a small parochial uh, Lutheran grade school in Munster. Um, my cousins lived down the street, and they had gone there, and they were a couple years older, and they liked the school. So you know, family ties. We went there also. That's where we had church. Church was there, and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. So you're talking like maybe my graduating class. I mean, it was a it was a K through eight building. The graduating okay. class was maybe thirty kids, wow. maybe thirty. Uh, they didn't really offer too many sports. I, I wasn't really a sports guy as a kid. I really didn't get into it until middle school. You know, I, I was not very good at much. Um, <laughs> I did a little bit of soccer. 
the the grade school I went to, they offered track. It was like four events. You know, it was two meets a year, two practices a week, practice mm-hmm. maybe half an hour. I mean, I did the the four hundred and probably ran a minute thirty, and the eight hundred <laughs> like three twenty, and long mm-hmm. jumped about seven feet, and high jumped about three feet, you know, <laughs> yeah. falling into the bar, that type of thing. But I mean, I liked it. I mean, it was fun, but I wasn't all that great at it and that type of thing. Played a little bit of soccer in, in in the town for the like the town parks league, but wasn't that good. But um, one of the things when when we would do like soccer practice is you know the coach would have you jog laps from the field. I could usually keep up pretty well, mm. and I usually didn't get quite as tired. So there was a little bit of a like eh, maybe you know down the road maybe this could could be something um, potentially. Not that I was thinking like ever getting into running and all that kind of stuff, but. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, there was a little bit of a hint, maybe that I could, looking back, maybe there was a little bit of a hint that maybe I had some kind of natural, you know, kind of aptitude that just needed to be tapped into. So, mm-hmm. um, so going from this small school in Munster to Lake Central, which at the time, and it's still one of the, the bigger high schools, you know, in the state, mm-hmm. I think, gosh, maybe when I started there, there might have been like 500 or 600 kids in the freshman class. Oh, wow. So, you know, I'm, I'm going from 30 kids in my class yeah. in a different town, you know, to five to 600 kids in the town that I actually live in, but not really being involved in sports. I and mean, I just really didn't know that many people. Mm. So my folks, you know, they didn't want me just to go and just kind of go through high school. They wanted me to get involved, get connected, be a part mm. of something. And sports was a good way to do that. And, you know, I had a, back, a little bit of a background in track, kind of. Okay. <laughs> you know, tra- track didn't cut anybody. So I was like, okay, well, track, track seems like a natural fit for me, you know, mm-hmm. I was the right type of guy for that. And then soccer, of course, was in the fall. And I had played a little bit, but it's like, I know I'm going to get cut. <laughs> <laughs> so like, well, there's this thing called cross country in the fall. And, you know, it's running and it might tie into track. So like I said, show up on day one, no prior experience, hadn't done any kind of summer miles or conditioning or anything. Mm-hmm. And it, I mean, it was tough. It was it was very very tough yeah. for a long time. And I know, like the first two or three weeks, I mean, I would just like come home after practice and probably just lay in my bed and cry because my legs hurt so bad. <laughs> I didn't know if I wanted to go back the next day and all that kind of thing. I mean, I was the guy who, you know, one of the last guys on the team in a lot of the the early runs and that type of thing. Like, mm. you know, I would run with the coach would be with us, and I would run like ahead of him. To where he couldn't see me like on the road or we turn the corner and I would walk. Yeah. <laughs> not not thinking, not knowing that he's eventually gonna catch me up and see yeah. me like right there. And then like I'm gonna take off running again. He's gonna know like I was walking. Yeah. <laughs> so, I did when I first started, I had to walk a lot. You know, I'd run a little bit and I'd get tired and I just would walk and then I'd run some more and then get tired and then walk and then run some more, get tired and walk and that type of thing. So, but mm-hmm. yeah, so I came at it from like no background. Um I had an uncle who ran like road races and things like that. So, I mean, it wasn't like it was totally foreign to me, mm-hmm. but I had like no middle school, no elementary school, no fun runs or that kind of stuff. I mean, it was day one, here you go. And there, and there I was. Yeah. So spoiler alert, but eventually you'd go to go on to run in college. So what, what was the tra- the process of figuring the sport out, possibly falling in love with the sport, like becoming good at it? When did that transition happen and how did that, how'd that go? Yeah, for sure. So the big thing kind of coming back to falling in love with it was number one, the team. Um, and that, mm. that has been always the thing that from, from day one until now, I mean, I've always clung to 
just the value and the importance of the team because it was so pivotal in keeping me a part of it and keeping mm. me connected to it. And one of the other things that I really, um, that really appealed to me through the sport was that, let me see if I can, how, how can I say this? Um, being self-motivated, it mm. allowed you to kind of control your own fate or destiny. Mm, and and that, sure. that was appealing to me. I mean, you could be like on a soccer team and, um, you know, obviously it's a team game and that type of thing. And running cross country to an extent is a team sport, obviously too. But, mm -hmm. you know, um, you, you could have a good soccer game or you could have a good basketball game and your team could still lose. And, and you could have a good race in cross country and your team could obviously still lose, but you, you could still have the satisfaction of getting a PR and that type of thing. But mm -hmm. the, the thing about running that, that I liked was that as hard as I wanted to work and as, as motivated as I wanted to be, you know, I could see kind of, um, um, you know, results. I could see growth and improvement from that. And that was something that kind of captured my interest right away. Like, oh, you know, it really comes down to me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> how, how much am I willing to work? How much pain am I willing to take? You know, how much am I willing to push myself? That type of thing. Mm -hmm. So the fact that I had some kind of control in that, um, like I said, was appealing to me. So, so um, that was a big part of me kind of, um, kind of getting my motivation going, I guess you could say. Yeah. Was there a, a specific moment, maybe a workout or a race where things like really clicked where you're like, okay, I'm, I'm actually pretty good at this or. No, I, I wish I could say there was, um, but there, there, there wasn't, I think it was just a gradual process. So mm. when I started the very first meet would have been like two or three weeks after the, the season officially <laughs> began, like it is now, you know, mm -hmm. and I would, just badly, badly out of shape. And I remember that the first, the first three or four meets, I actually walked in the meet oh, right? wow. because I just, <laughs> it was almost like a workout, you know, like run a hard mile and then walk for like two or three minutes and then run a hard mile and then walk for two or three minutes and then run, run you know, so I know my first couple of meets I really struggled with just because I had no, no base, no foundation, that type of thing. But one of the things kind of going back to, you know, kind of controlling what you did you know, I looked at where I was at in the team and let's just say, I don't, I'm just gonna make up a number. You know, let's say there were 25 guys in the team or 30 guys. Okay. I was number 30, number 30th man in the team. Like, okay. okay. Well, this, this kid, you know, he was 29th. He was just ahead of me. You know, what if I just start running with him in practice, mm. you know? So that became my first goal. Like, well, I'm just going to try to get the guy ahead of me, you know, and try to run with him. And then, okay, the next meet, I'm gonna try to run with him in the meet and see if I can, you know, not that he gets your own teammate, but try to try to beat him basically, mm -hmm. you know, and then like, Oh, okay. You know, I, I didn't really have a, a, a perspective. I just had my team to kind of base myself off of and like, Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I was ahead of that guy. So now I'm 28 on the team or 29 mm -hmm. on the team. So I'm going to try to run with the next guy. And so I kind of used the team to kind of like, almost like work my way up the ladder, I guess you could say, yeah. you know, yeah. trying to each week try to get a little better just by trying to run with the guy who had either been, just with me or just ahead of me the previous week. Mm -hmm. And uh, again, that, that was very motivating to me because I could kind of see, and when you're first kind of in the sport and you're coming from a background of nothing, you, know, mm -hmm. you can make some pretty good improvements right away. Yeah. You know? And then you, you kind of get to a level where you're obviously at a high level and you don't see quite, you know, the, the time, you know, the time doesn't mm -hmm. come off quite as much, you know, to the extent that, Oh, here by a minute, <laughs> you know, yeah. you know, a guy running, you know, 15 flat or, you know, 1430 or something, they're not PR by a minute, they're PR by a couple seconds, maybe, but right. you know, 
for a, for a beginner, I mean, that was very motivating also. Like, oh yeah, I went from 23 something to 22, you know, 10 or something like that. So seeing that also helped keep me motivated and uh, trying to beat that time. And again, as a person who is a back of the packer to a middle of packer, you know, th those things help to motivate me to keep pushing and working and all that kind of stuff. So um, that, that kind of got me going. When the season ended, I was a little bit outside the top 12. I actually had one race where I finished like as the 11th man. And I, I thought, oh man, surely I'm gonna need to get on the sectional roster top 12 now. But you know, again, <laughs> as, a, as, a, as, a, as a person who was new to the sport, you know, I didn't realize like my, my coach had the wisdom, obviously like, look at the big picture. Like mm. this dude, he's only been in there once, you know, all these other guys have been in there all, they've been in more consistent, you know? Mm -hmm. so, but that, that motivated me then to continue going during the winter. And some of my teammates were doing back then, it was AAU. You know, I know now we got Nike and, you know, Foot Locker and running away mm -hmm. and all these other things that are going on. There. But back then it was AAU and the AAU meet that year happened to be in Hammond, which obviously is pretty close to Northwest Indiana. Yeah. So that, yeah. that kept me going. October, you know, when the postseason would have started the turn IHSA tournament and November and early December. Well, you know, as a, as a person who was new to the sport, all I really needed was just more money, you know, mm -hmm. just got to mm -hmm. get more miles in, you know, just got to be more consistent. And so just getting into shape and doing it more helped out a lot. And I, I know with the, the AAU meet, I ran pretty well. And that kind of, um, for me, <laughs> for me, <laughs> probably high 17s or low 18s or something like that, which was very motivating so that got me going during the winter was this and, still freshman uh, year still freshman year yeah so, so you chopped off like five minutes throughout the season yeah, so, something like that oh. yeah, yeah wow. from the beginning of the season to the end so like i said i mean the, looking back i probably had some aptitude that i didn't realize just mm -hmm. because i had never known it you know mm -hmm. that once i kind of started getting into it a little bit more and applying myself you know and, and getting motivated and then you start again just start consistent training and all that um my my so the the AU is over like in early December and my dad he was a big motivating factor for me also he was working a job like at one of the mills essentially up in the area and he would get home from work and he'd get his bike out of the garage and like okay. through December and January and February he just would ride his bike and I just would follow him and then <laughs> there, there was like no workouts or training it was just basically get out every day mm. and that taught me the importance of consistency. And mm. doing it, even when I didn't feel like it was snowing, it was raining, it was windy, you know, but he'd come home and I knew that he was going to come home and make me go for a run with him and that type of thing. So mm -hmm. that kept me going. And I don't know, I think nowadays, I think more kids are running year round. Back mm -hmm. in the mid 90s, I, I don't think it was as big of a thing. I mm. just don't think, I think kids were running more just like season and season, you know, mm. and more kids weren't running like the year round type of trend they are doing now. Even if it's just easy miles, you know, um, I think more kids are doing it year round. So I think I was able to kind of say catch up, but make up some ground on kids who just weren't doing it. Mm. And so that that got me to um, to imp not only improve, but it also got me a little bit closer to some some you know teammates that had been maybe ahead of me that type of thing. That I was able to start keeping up better on runs. And, yeah. Uh, you know, from then I started to get a little bit of confidence, like, oh, I can kind of hang in there now, you know, and, uh, you know, from then it was, um, again, just kind of getting better workouts and, again, continuing to build consistency and all that type of thing. Yeah. 
So being a coach now, do you have kind of a soft spot for the the person who shows up on day one or maybe isn't, <laughs> isn't as good or always, yeah. always. Yeah. I just, I've always tried to remember where I came from and never, mm. uh, never lose sight of that. You know, um, those guys are, you know, got to remember your roots. Yeah. <laughs> those for sure. guys are where I started from and worked my way up. So yeah, I, I definitely do. Definitely. That's cool. So as you continue to progress, when uh when did college come into the into the picture? When did you think about yeah, possibly continuing running in college? I want to say it was probably like in the so- like sophomore year, maybe the spring okay. of my sophomore year. Um so during fall of sophomore year, um Lake Central where I went to school, we we qualified for state and it was really cool. It was the first time that we had done that in a number of years and got to run the state meet as a sophomore. And so that was really motivating. So then I was looking forward to track. And like I said, I had been doing some, I had done some um, other sports and wasn't very good at them. Um, like I said, I played a little bit of soccer, played a little bit of ba- like, like intramural basketball. I actually played a little bit of hockey too. Really? <laughs> yeah. And I liked it. It was fun, but I wasn't very good at it. <laughs> and it was kind of at that point where I realized like, okay, you know, I might have a chance maybe to do something with this further down the road and it started to become kind of a like well we'll see how this goes you know next year as a junior that will be more telling and that type of thing um i'm the oldest of five kids and my dad's side of the family i was the first um like cousin i guess you could say to actually graduate college so on my dad's side of the family um a lot of my cousins and things like that had either gone to trade school, just hadn't gone to college, that type of thing. And my dad, he always, you know, got to go to school, got to get your education, that type of thing. Mm-hmm. But um, coming from a family that was a little bit bigger, just really didn't have a whole lot of money. And not that we were, mm. you know, I mean, we, we never, I never like was in want or need that type of thing. But um, it was a thing where I knew that like, if I was going to go to school, I was either going to have to get a job or mm-hmm. get a scholarship. And it's like, well, I don't really want to get a job. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like work. I got my whole life to work. I'd much rather continue to run. That's way more fun. Being on the team is a lot more fun. So, mm-hmm. And that motivated me to, you know, I, I knew I wanted to go to college and, and get education, set myself up for, you know, the future beyond you know, high school and running and all that type of thing. Mm-hmm. Running was a good way to, and I liked it. It was fun. I had goals I wanted to accomplish and things like that. So it, again, I think it was a process gradually as opposed to like, Oh, light bulb. And yeah, I want to do this. You know, I think mm-hmm. it just kind of became a thing where it's like, yeah, I think maybe I can do this. Maybe this is something for me. Yeah, for sure. So was that a motivating factor of being able to, you know, I don't have to work to pay off college and. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, and, yeah, as a college athlete, I mean, in a lot of ways, it kind of becomes like a full-time job. Yeah. I mean, as much training as you're doing, I mean, and then, and some of the sacrifices, I mean, obviously that you have to try to make to make it work and, you know, balancing your class loads and all that type of thing. So that um, mm-hmm. yeah, was, it was motivating. For sure. Uh, thinking back to all of your high school races and accomplishments, do you have yeah. a, a favorite moment? Oh gosh. Um, senior year overall was a lot of fun. Um, had, had some good races then for sure. Um, I, w- I won the semi-state New Prairie, nice. uh, which was really cool. Um, the, uh, the, the slowest winning time, I think in the history of the meet, um, I, I had, I had a really good talent, I think in high school to be in the right place at the right time mm. and to, be born, to be born at the right time that I could be there. Um, the, the state meet that year was the first year that it was at IU Bloomington. 
And um, I finished seventh there, which I was really proud of. But like the my time was like 1620s. You know? <laughs> I, I, 1620s now, I mean, that would get you maybe like about 50th or 60th. Yeah. Um, obviously, I think IU Bloomington being the first year with as challenging as that course was, I, I think um, not a lot of people were prepared for it. The, the years prior mm-hmm. to that, the courses were a good bit flatter. And and not that I was more prepared for I'm not trying to say that or anything by any means, but um, I don't know if that leveled the playing field out a little bit or what, if it favored my racing style or whatever, but um, yeah, so, so senior, that was really great. Got to run the state meet that year on track, uh, finished fifth in the two mile, uh, which was really cool. Or the 3,200, which was really cool. Mm -hmm. Uh, In that meet, I also uh, was able to break the school record, uh, which is something I had been kind of a, like a dream goal. Uh, from from when I was you know from my earlier days in high school, we had a uh, a record board in the field house, okay. and it was over. <laughs> this is gonna sound kind of funny. It was over. It, so they're like this like this long row of doors. You can imagine like a gym. Mm-hmm. You obviously like for fire safety, there's like about fifteen or twenty doors going out in and out kind of quickly and that type of thing. Mm-hmm. And there was this door that had the record board over it mm-hmm. on one side, and the other side it was the picture of the. Uh, Lake Central team that had finished second at state uh, in the early mid 80s. And so the only door that I would walk in in this field house was that door. Okay. (laughs) Cross country team was on one side, the record board was the other. Yeah. I'd look at at the record literally every day. Wow. That was motivating also. And um, senior year, state state track meet, my last race of the year, I was able to get, I got it by just a little bit. And I remember, you know, on the bell lap, thinking like, oh, if, if I run such and such a time, I've got a chance to get it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, crossing the finish line and waiting for like the time to show up on the scoreboard and like, oh, uh-huh. it's going to be close. I don't know if I made it. I don't know if I made it. I mean, it can't, but it was like a couple tenths of a second. Or half wow. A second. And it just a little bit under it. And like, oh, wow. That was, that was, yeah. So that was really cool for me. That is. Uh, th- those are some things that looking back, I'm really proud about. Just grateful uh, that, that I was able to do those things. Yeah, that's awesome. That's a really cool accomplishment, especially in dramatic fashion, the last race. Uh, so kind of transitioning to college, uh, what was the process of, of finding the right right place, right fit? What was recruiting like? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So looked at a couple different places. Um, I, I really wanted to go to Butler. Uh, Butler was a good school. I had a teammate who was a year older than me at Lake Central who went there and he was going to pharmacy. And I did an overnight visit, stayed with him, got to see the indoor uh, facility there. It's called NIFS, maybe, uh, right mm-hmm. there, kind of nearby where IUPUI is at and all that. It was indoor indoor track. And uh, Butler had Julius Mwangi and I think Justin Young was there at the time. And those guys, they were really good. And I was mm-hmm. really impressed with Butler. But um, financially, it was not something that I could afford. Mm-hmm. And um, the I didn't have the times either to hit, like, the certain financial like backing basically mm. or the financial packages. So I knew that was always going to be a stretch. Like, ah, I'd love to go there, but I just don't know it's going to be financially affordable and don't want to get out of college with a bunch of debt and all that type of thing. So that was one place I was looking at. I think I looked at Southern Indiana a little bit, Indiana state a little bit, um, St. Joe's in Rensselaer, which is no longer around. Um, they closed a few years back. I looked there a lot. Uh, talked to the coach from from Valpo University, obviously, and then also 
say Detroit Mercy maybe. And so I talked to a handful of different coaches, did a couple visits, uh, a couple overnights, which um, I would definitely recommend anybody who's thinking about going to college and running collegiately, I would definitely recommend them to do like an overnight because um, you can kind of get to know the team a little bit, get to see what the campus life is like, you know, kind of get to experience it in a different way. I mean, you, know, you can go for an hour or two for like a little tour, you know, and you kind of get like all the highlights and all that, but I mean, <laughs> going there and kind of seeing what, you know, what's the, what's the, like the life like of this place, you know, is it, a, is it a good fit for me? I definitely think that is a, it's an important thing to do. So I yeah, talked to a bunch of coaches and that type of thing. And, um, you know, in the end, VU is the one that I end up picking and, um, I definitely think it was a good fit for me. Yeah. How was the the transition to, to Valpo? Um, yeah. How was like the how was freshman year? Yeah. Um, I don't think it was too uh, too much of a stretch. When I got to VU, the the mileage I guess was a little bit lower, so I was able to handle it right away. And my coach at VU was he was really good, and he was really good about um, progressing. Uh, over the course of the the four years that we were there. So I didn't really have, I don't think I really had that much of a difficult transition to collegiate running. And um, I, I, mean, I was pretty focused. I mean, running was kind of my <laughs> my sole thing. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, 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 it, it, it went over very smoothly smoothly for me. I know, yeah. not, you know for, for some folks making that next transition, it's tough. I mean, I, and I didn't, I didn't run freshman. I didn't run in like any like eye-popping times or, that type of thing, but you know, I was able to handle kind of the bump in mileage a little bit and the workload and that type of thing. So you know, overall, it was it was a good transition for me. Yeah, like you said, for a lot of people, running in college is almost like a full time job, or maybe even more than a full time job. Um, did you have any like questions if you really loved running with how much work you you know had to put in, or was it like I'm, I still love this, I still want to be great, I still want to improve, all that kind of stuff. No, it was that. It was okay. that. I knew. I knew I was all in. Yeah, I knew I mm. wanted to do it because I still had some goals. Um, I had never, as a high school kid, I never broke sixteen. So mm. that was one going to college. Like, ah, oh, it'd be cool to break this and you know break sixteen. Then you break that, and it's like, okay, let's try to break fifteen thirty, and you know, setting these different goals and barriers and that type of thing. Um, had goals uh for the conference meets. You know, trying to place all conference or you know compete well in events and that that type of thing as well. So. Like I said, it was it was a good fit. Um, and I definitely I definitely feel like I got a good experience out of not only the academic and campus life side of things, but obviously also the running side of things. Yeah. What were some of the the highlights or lowlights even of, of your time at Valpo? Yeah. Um one one of the highlights was getting to travel. I mm. really enjoyed doing that. Um we were in at the time, it was called the Mid-Continent Conference, and it was actually very spread out. Okay. <laughs> so the, name, the name might not be the most uh, representative <laughs> of what the actual conference was, but um, got to travel to some cool meets. Uh, we ran at uh, Oral Roberts, which is in Oklahoma, and they mm. hosted the indoor conference, which it actually hosted at the at Oklahoma University, you know, the, the big one, <laughs> you okay. know, the, uh, the Sooners and all the Heismans and getting to see all the trophies, you know, around we were there. I got to do that. I got to go out to Stanford a couple times and race uh, in Palo Alto. I uh, got to race at Georgia Tech once and um, down at USC one time. And uh, Southern Utah was part of the conference. So ran out in Utah and 
Uh, I ran at Utah State once. And so getting to travel a little bit was always, I always look forward to that. I mean, it made for a long weekend, but mm-hmm. flying out there. But um, some of the times like spent with the team traveling, paying on the airplane, you know, doing crossword puzzles, on, you know, <laughs> the, uh, you know uh, waiting to get on the plane, waiting for the flight, the plane to board and all that. And getting to hang out and stay in the hotels and just, just getting to know the teammates better. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, you know, getting to still do, you know, what I love doing, which was running and racing and that type of thing and getting to see, see the the country a little bit, meet some cool people and that type of thing. That's awesome. Yeah, it was good. It was good. I, I, I enjoyed it. I'm, I'm getting, I'm, I'm really grateful. That I got the opportunity to do that. And um, we definitely encourage anybody, any kid who's on the fence, man, give it a shot. Go for it. Yeah. It's a, it's a lot of fun. For sure. Um, what did you study at Valpo and uh, like, what did you have in mind for after school? Did it change while you were there? Or? Yeah, yeah. It, it, it actually, it, it did change. Yeah. So um, when I originally went to, 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 to VU, I was thinking business. And okay. I mean, I guess as a little kid, I always wanted to like work like at the Lego factory, you know, <laughs> be an astronaut or work at Disney World or something. But as I got a little bit older, I wanted to, um, basically I wanted to have like um, like a sporting goods store. You know? Okay. Um, when, I, when I was in high school, I always had a hard time finding like running shoes or spikes or that type of thing. Mm. I mean, running stores weren't really like a thing like they are now. I mean, you might find them like in a big major city and I'd always be frustrated. I could never find like good gear. So yeah. I'm like, well, I'm going to have my own store and, you know, have all this cool running stuff in it. And I was, it was more like a dream type of thing. So I mm-hmm. took a bunch of business classes, even in high school, accounting, marketing, business law, that type of thing, and started at VU in the business side of things. And there was a time at VU when I was taking a business class and I can remember some of the concepts while I could understand the concepts and I saw how they made sense mm-hmm. from a, like a philosophical standpoint, I had a hard time. Like this just isn't me. Mm. Uh, for, for example, um, you know, you're in the business world. Obviously one way to cut cost is to you know cut your staff, mm. you know, essentially like letting people go. And some of the, the cutthroat aspects that sometimes go along with the business world. It's like, that, that's just not me. You mm. know? And, not, not that, that I don't want to put the business world in a bad light for anybody yeah. who's in that world or, or going that way. But for me, it's like, uh, you know, I like to compete, but at the end of the day, like sports, it's just fun. You know, you just mm-hmm. go on to the next, you're going through life and hey, it was a game, you know, we did, did our best, you know, that type of thing. But mm-hmm. um, I mean, this was more like, this is the real world creeping in now, you know, like, <laughs> I don't know if I can see myself doing this mm. for, you know, forever, <laughs> basically, or the next however many years. So um, you know, for me, I started to think, well, you know, what, what did I, what did I enjoy doing? What did I, you know, what did I like other things I was kind of passionate about? Um, I had done with my church, I had gotten involved with like vacation Bible school mm-hmm. and Sunday school. My mom had been a teacher. I had an aunt, uncle who were teachers. And I, so I was kind of around teachers growing up and I'd help my mom out with like some of the stuff for her classroom. Mm-hmm. And like I said, working like with the youth you know, the youth group that the, the kids like through my church, it's like, oh, yeah, I like working with young people. And this is, mm-hmm. this seems like it's, it's enjoyable. And so that got me to start thinking and looking into teaching. And so I made the switch. I want to say it was after the first semester, of my freshman year of college, 
Okay. And uh, I'm so glad I did. And I just, I kind of fell in love with it and uh, started out, started out in elementary education. And um, for the first few years after I graduated college, I taught fourth grade and then I taught third grade uh, before making the switch over to high school about, about 10 years ago or so. Okay. So switching from business to elementary education, did you like know right away, okay, this was the right move or? Yeah. Yeah. yeah? Pretty much. Yeah. Okay. Pretty much. Yeah. Like, okay. Yeah. This, this is, this is, this is right. Okay. And then did you know right away you wanted to teach elementary? Or? Yes. Okay. Yep. 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 I did. Um, can I just, I can't really describe why or say why, but I mean, just one of those things that kind of felt right. It's like, yeah, this, I'm, I enjoyed doing it. Um, enjoyed working with the, with the young kids, that type of thing. And, yeah, it was good. I, I like I said, I I liked it. I knew right away it was the right thing. Yeah, I really like what you said uh, a bit ago about I don't know. I guess being honest with yourself about yourself, like who you are, your values when, yeah. in regards to business. Um, I feel like I've I've had to do that along the way as well. Like obviously, like coaching and teaching and things like that. Aren't, yes, you don't make a ton of money. Um, it's not right. the most glamorous positions there right. are, but I don't know. There's a lot of other things, non-monetary things that make it like so worth it. Exactly. And that's for, for me, one of the things that over the years, the more that I've been in coaching and in teaching, the more I've just come to appreciate and find satisfaction in just the relationships. Mm. And, um, you know, whether it's working with the kids in the classroom, you know, or working with the kids in, in the sporting realm, or again, uh, getting involved in church, that type of thing. Uh, and, and, and not only the kids, but then also the other people, the other coaches, the parents, you know, all that type of thing, just the relationships that have been formed. And, um, I don't know that, that to me has been such a like fulfilling part of it that I didn't really expect, Mm. or wasn't really like, I didn't, you know, I didn't go into it knowing like, oh, this is what I'm looking for. This is going to be a thing that's going to come out of it. But it ended up did. And I'm just, again, I'm just so grateful that I got into it because that's not that you can't do that in other things either. Mm-hmm. I'm sure, I'm sure you can, but, but for me getting into this, that has been definitely something that has added value to, to my life. And again, I'm just so grateful. I got the opportunity to do all that and be a part of it and everything. Yeah, for sure. So I'm about five years removed from college now. Okay. And I don't know, there's times like when I'm thinking about my life, reflecting on my life, where I don't know, I don't have any regrets about the decisions that I've made as far as like career wise. But there's always like a small part of me that wishes <laughs> I was like, I don't know, this big like bulldozing personality, like a big, you know, big suit sales guy making bullets yeah. of money. Especially seeing um I don't know, I'm not even like jealous of, of some of my friends who are, you know, have extremely good jobs and are doing well. But I don't know, there's always a part of me that wishes I was more like that, but then again, like, I'm so grateful that, I don't know, that I follow the journey that I have and that I'm built the way that I'm built, that, um, my life has led me to, to coaching and the desire to, I don't know, build into, um, these young athletes to see them succeed. But yeah, I don't know. I feel like life, a big part of life is being honest with yourself, you know, reflection, it can be tough at times though. Yeah, absolutely. I, I definitely agree with that. I think you're, I think you're looking at the right way. And I, I don't think it's uncommon 
for people to have those kind of questions. You know, mm-hmm. like, well, what if I would have done this? Or what if I would have done that? I think that's just, it's part of human nature. You know, I don't think, I think that's a normal thing for people to do, to look back and say, like you said, not that you have any regrets, but like, I wonder what it would have been like if I would have done X, Y, or Z. Or yeah. if I would have chosen this, you know? But at the end of the day, then you kind of come back and like you say, you reflect on what you're doing and why you're doing it. And I, I think you're, 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 uh, you're doing the right thing by by being in the coaching realm. I mean, you've got a good personality for it, so I'm I'm sure you are making an impact, you know, in the lives of the the, the young men that you're working with. So, you're doing the right Hi. thing, man. Keep on, keep on, keeping on. Exactly. Um, did you know? I guess at what point did you know you wanted to coach as well? <laughs> That's funny. Also, um, never. <laughs> I, I never. I never knew that. <laughs> um, I, I never, never for one time ever thought I'd ever be in coaching. And I, I'm being completely really? honest. Yeah, I never, never thought I would ever do it or be in it. Never as a kid running in high school, never as an athlete, you know, young adult in college, never once had ever crossed my mind. Never mm. do any kind of coaching or that type of thing. I always thought in the back of my mind, maybe one day I'd get into the sport like as an IHSA official, you know, when, <laughs> I, was a, really? when I was a little bit older. Yeah, I mean, I, wow. gosh, I mean, some some of the IHSA officials in Northwest Indiana that I, I really enjoyed. Um, Jay White is one of them. Um, oh gosh, no, <laughs> I'm drawing blank. Uh, uh, there was a guy Dick Einberg who who was another one. Um, Kurt Parrish and his wife Dorothy Parrish. Uh, Greg Kearney. I mean, there have been a lot of great IHSA officials in this area who. Um, I always appreciated as a kid what they did. They would mm. come and talk to you after the meets and all that kind of stuff. And I thought that'd be kind of a cool way to give back to the sport. Mm. You know, I'm a little bit older. I never thought that again it would me kind of getting back to the sport or getting back into it would happen like immediately. So I said, well, one day, you know, after I kind of had like, like quote unquote lived life, mm-hmm. I'll be able to get back into it as an as an official. Um, but so going to VU. There were a couple guys on the VU team that had been Valpo High School students who also went there, who I ended up becoming friends with, okay, developing a friendship mm-hmm. with it through the team. And so they had connections, obviously, to the high school. When I was at VU, <laughs> VU didn't actually have a track. So we did a lot of our workouts at the high school. You know, okay. we jogged the, the three miles up to the high school for a warm up you know, carry our spikes or trainer, you know, our flats in our hand and then, you know, do our five times a K or 12 times a K, whatever we were doing on the, the VHS track after their practice was done. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of knew Mike Pro, who was the coach before me, who I ended up working as an assistant with when I first started here because mm-hmm. he was coaching the Valpo teams and I was running against them at Lake Central. Okay. And so, I mean, he, he kind of knew who I was. Um, just because, again, I'd compete against his kids and all that type of thing. So kind of get these connections to Valpo a little bit. And now being at Valpo University, being in the area, I'm now kind of like a local guy, you know. Yeah. And I'm a Valpo guy kind of now in this area. But uh, Coach Pro, he would not take no for an answer. So <laughs> he, he, came, he came to see me at – we had a house uh, off campus – and he came to down to see, because like I said, I was living with some guys that were former Valpo high school guys okay. and came down to see me and said, hey, you know, um, his current assistant coach is, is looking to take some time off. He had a younger family that was starting to get more involved in sports and he was looking to do his master's. He's like, 
any interest in coaching? I know you're a teacher. I'm like, ah, I don't know. I got, I had, I had one year of eligibility left that I wanted to use in, in college. I'd registered in one season. So I'm like, I'm going back to, to grad school for a little bit. I got a little mm-hmm. bit more learning I want to do. And he's like, okay, well, I'll see you next year. <laughs> next year. Uh-huh. <laughs> and he's like, no, I think you'd be a good fit for it. You need to, you know, try and do this. I mean, it'd be great. I think you'd be a good fit. So I thought, ah, ah. I don't really do anything else. Sounds like fun. Why not? Uh-huh. I'll give it a shot. You know. There we go. So I just again, I kind of just got into it blindly, not really knowing what to expect or any that type of thing, and um, uh, had a good time with it. But um, over the years, I've really come to to you know to really enjoy coaching, and I'm mm-hmm. so glad that I got into it. Like I said, I mean, if you would have asked me. 20 years ago, 25 years ago, would I be doing this? I never would have imagined it. And uh, it's, it's more, again, it's brought a lot of joy and uh, value to my life. So I'm thankful to the coach pro and his relentless personality for, uh, for sticking with it and convincing me to do it. Yeah, that's crazy. I, similarly, I, I feel like you have the perfect personality to be a coach. That's, I don't know. It's surprising to hear that you had no <laughs> thought of being a coach for, for the longest time. Oh, well, thank you for saying that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's, it's been a lot of fun. And I'll tell you what, I have grown a lot as a person individually mm. um, from where I was when I first started out to where I am now. Mm. Um, you know, I've learned to, to kind of come out of my shell a little bit more. Um, I've learned to, um, I guess, just so, <laughs> so many things, which that's yeah, another podcast episode or something. You know? Yeah. A, co- coaching has helped me to grow and, and, and hopefully again, like we said back at the beginning, hopefully we're helping our kids to grow, mm-hmm. but it's also had the impact on growing me, which yeah. has, has been really exciting also for myself from that standpoint. Yeah. I was going to ask, did coaching accelerate that, that personal growth? Oh yes. <laughs> oh yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, and especially being a head coach, because now like, like everything, you know, like all the big decisions and all that kind of stuff kind of falls on you. So yeah. Kind of, you kind of grow up in a hurry. You know? For sure. So yeah, it's been, it's been great, but yeah, I, I never thought I would have done it, but again, I'm so grateful that I've had the opportunity to do it. And, um, you know, looking back at what running meant to me as a kid, both in high school and in college, you know, I'm, I'm just so humbled and I feel so fortunate and blessed that, that I get to hopefully play an impact and a role and get it in, in the lives of the kids that I get, you know, and, you know, for three or four years or two, two years, or however long they're on the team, mm-hmm. you know, these kids are, however long they're going to be with us that hopefully you can, uh, you know, make, make what's a tough part of their life, you know, gives, give some value to it and that type of thing. Yeah, definitely. Um, if you don't mind sharing, what are some ways that you kind of grew as a, as a person along the way, maybe from coaching or just, just life? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So um, again, one of the things um, I definitely was a little bit more introverted when I first started. Okay. And I've learned, you know, my, my, so you've got like the extrovert, introvert personality, that type of thing, Mm -hmm. but by nature, I'm more introverted and I'd prefer to be alone and be on my own, that type of thing. But through coaching, I've learned how to, um, you know, kind of, kind of be that extrovert, how to um, kind of be, you know, I was more like in high school, college, I was more like the, you know, the quote unquote, like lead by example type of guy, you know, mm. I wasn't like a, 
vocal team leader, that type of thing, you know, and I've, I've learned now as a coach how to do that. Um, I've learned how to, uh, again, just how to kind of like manage, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, the, the team and, mm-hmm. um, you know, being, being responsible for not only like what I'm doing, but also the, you know, the 40 or 50 or 60 or 70 guys that we have and, mm-hmm. you know, trying to find ways to hopefully motivate them, you know, collectively as a group, but then also hopefully kind of individually as well. So, mm. um, getting to develop that, um, again, that, that pouring into other people's lives, mm-hmm. you know, again, using kind of the gifts and the talents that you have to kind of, again, um, you know, put that forward into somebody else. So those are just a couple, couple ways. Okay. I'm also very introverted. And yeah. I feel like that's, I don't know, it's been like a, I don't know, ongoing journey of like on one side, appreciating it, you know, for the, the good things that it does bring. Um, I feel like I'm a little more introspective, a little more, I don't know, it, the more you prefer time alone, the more time alone you have to to mm-hmm. think about, about mm-hmm. life and whatnot. Um, but mainly similar to how I wish I was like this big sales guy and a small part of me does. I also kind of wish I was the the rah-rah vocal leader kind of thing, you know, at times. Yeah, yeah. Um, but and I, I feel like it's an area I could grow in for sure. But I don't know. I think it's also appreciating what, what you are. Yeah. Hey, well, get, give yourself time. That that will come with time. Mm. Yeah, it doesn't happen overnight. So just, again, it will come with time. Give yourself time to continue to grow. And, you know, you keep, keep just keep being yourself. And that's the one thing I've mm. kind of found with coaching is that you have to be yourself. You know, you have to be who you are at that point. And then when the guys, again, they can kind of see, you know, they, mm-hmm. they can kind of tell who you are and that you're being honest with them. That type of thing. So, For sure. Yeah. With know, how much time we spend with the kids, like they, they know, like, who oh, you yes. are, you know, <laughs> they definitely know they're, they're good at, they, they can definitely tell when, you know, when things are you know fake or real and all that type of thing. So, you know, yeah, they, definitely. They, they're really good at kind of seeing through that. So just, just keep being you. You know, keep doing what you feel is right and you'll you'll continue to grow in that way yeah absolutely um so did you i guess the first couple of years or maybe your whole time as an assistant did you want to eventually be a head coach and then how was the transition yeah so i always thought that maybe someday it might happen um i actually interviewed for a position early on in my um in my as an assistant coach in, in my coaching i guess career and um, I was offered a head coaching position at one of the local high schools. And mm. for a couple of reasons, I opted not to take it. And um, I, again, I, I, I actually, when I was assistant, I actually enjoyed being the assistant also. And mm. um, I always thought, man, I'm just, well, I'm the assistant. I'm going to be the best assistant that I can be mm. and try to, you know, um, support and um, compliment what our head coach was doing you know, uh, back him up as best I can, but all, and, and support what he's doing, but also try to offer, you know, um, my own personal, um, I guess, approach to it or my own personal, like view on the issue. And, um, again, try to hopefully just be that complimentary piece. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I, again, I, I just had a lot of fun just being the assistant. You know, I thought maybe someday I'll get into head coaching, you know, if and when he retires, you know, may I try to interview for the position and see what mm-hmm. happens. But you know, in the time being, man, I'm just going to be the best assistant I can be and have fun doing that. And and there was a lot of things that you could do as an assistant that 
you know, you might have that that title assistant, and you might be getting paid a little bit less, but I mean, <laughs> you serve just as valuable a role, you know, mm. and um, sometimes I think the boys are more willing to maybe go to the assistant and be maybe a little bit more open and honest, you know, I think <laughs> like, oh, if I tell the coach I'm kind of hurting here, he might have me sit out or he might have me yeah. do some cross training. And so sometimes that, that, that assistant puts you in a, in a position where you can have sometimes a relationship with the athletes that maybe, not that the head coach can't have that, but sometimes mm-hmm. you, you kind of have a little bit different, they, they see in a little bit different light, not that they don't see as a coach, but they see in a little bit different light. And you can sometimes have a relationship that maybe doesn't happen between the coach, the head coach and, and the athletes also. So I, I think, Assistant's valuable. And I think if you're doing it, you can just, just keep doing it to the best of your ability. Yeah, I think that's so true. Um, like I, I've mentioned this before, but I have aspirations of being a, a head coach one day. But I don't know. I'm like trying not to wish away this season of life. Because like nope. you said, like I feel like the, the kids are you know, a little bit more willing to be open with me in a way that, you know, they wouldn't with the head coach, you know, for the reasons that you described. So I think, yeah, you're spot on with that. Yeah. Hey, then when the time is right, it will happen. Keep, mm. keep learning as much as you can. You're obviously in a good situation there uh, at Carmel where you've got a good opportunity to learn and grow. And for me, while I was still the assistant, I mean, that's try to just learn as much as you can, you mm. know, keep taking advantage of the opportunity to learn as much as you can. I mean, I, like I said, I loved at the beginning, I kind of prefaced that I love going to the clinics every year. And if, if, if coach Weinheimer from Columbus North was speaking, I was in the front row, <laughs> first seat on the aisle, mm-hmm. pen in hand, no pen in hand. I'm going to write down everything he was going to say. Mm-hmm. You know, when uh, Coach Keppen from Carmel got to hear him talk a lot, and I was going to be front row. I'm not going to be late. You know, I'm going to be 25 <laughs> minutes early, get a good seat. <laughs> you know, learn, learn from some of the, learn from the best. You know, learn mm-hmm. and growing. And, um, you know, always be observing. You know, don't be afraid to to try different things out. And hey, I'm going to try this out and you know, that's kind of, again, that's how you, you know, the worst thing that happens is it doesn't quite work out and you just try something else and you yeah. try something else after that, you know? So, um, again, I think you got a good, a good, good fit or a good opportunity as an assistant to kind of to learn and develop those things and yeah. take full advantage of that no matter what. Yeah. That's been really cool with this podcast and like everyone that I've interviewed so far has been so willing to just share or really like answer any question that, that I ask. Like I'd, developed this outline that I sent you and so far I've yeah. had anyone say like, no, that's too far. I don't want to answer that. Like everyone's just so willing to to help out to yeah, be transparent. It's been really cool. Yeah. We, I think like some of the other, uh, your other guests have mentioned, I know before in the past, I and mean, we've got a great, I think community, generally speaking, mm-hmm. uh, through, through Indiana where a lot of coaches are very, um, collaborative, you know, collegial, you know, willing to, uh, you know, share and talk and form those friendships and relationships and that type of thing. So yeah, again, I think why well, you got the opportunity to take advantage of that. I mean, definitely, definitely keep learning, keep on learning. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Okay. So we haven't even gotten to the, the few <laughs> questions yet. And I know you, you want to get home to your kids as soon as possible. Um, do you want to do a part two? Do you want to keep going? I don't want I want to be respectful of your time. No, I appreciate that. I can go for a little bit more. Okay. Okay, cool. We'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I can, like I said, I don't know. Uh, Spooner, I know he went for, for a while. Maybe we'll, uh, I don't know if we'll make it quite that far, but yeah, we can go for a little bit more. 
Okay. Okay. Just let me know. Give me a little okay. sign or something. Okay. All right. <laughs> cool. Um, maybe my last question about coaching. Yeah, um, for sure. Or yeah, I don't know. We'll just keep going. <laughs> yeah, go for what, it. Uh, maybe, and you can share as much as you'd like, but what is your training philosophy and like how has that changed through through the years? Okay, yeah. So so the, the approach that we uh, usually have is that we have like different tiers or, or levels, I guess you could say. And I'm sure a lot of coaches maybe have something similar where we basically have like a beginner group an intermediate level group and like an advanced level group. Mm -hmm. And um, it's not based necessarily like on ability. Okay. It might be based on experience, you know, training age, I guess you could say, you mm -hmm. know, injury history. Um, sometimes a athlete's like personal goals might kind of factor into what group. I mean, am I a guy who's on the team because just, want to be on the team or you know I'm just, I'm just content to be a guy in the team now we obviously try to work with those kids and motivate them also but you know some guys are content to I'm just looking for to be a part of something you know like mm -hmm. oh, okay well that's 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 a way to enjoy running also you know not everybody that you can find enjoyment in running by not like being like super like into it you know that you know some some people just enjoy running just for the sake of doing it mm -hmm. you know and, and the social element of it also so so anyways, we, we have basically three levels and the different levels will have different amounts of volume to do. Okay. But um, they have similar types of workouts, you know, based on what their volume is, that, that sort of thing. So, um, you know, we, we kind of base our training off of minutes, maybe more than miles. Okay. okay? Because yeah. again, that might kind of come down to an athlete's speed, which those are different, you know, and if you're a guy who's running, five miles in 10 minutes you know, you're doing a 50 minute run or somebody might be doing it in seven minutes and they're doing a 35 minute run. And, mm -hmm. you know, Hey, you both went five miles, but this guy went 15 extra minutes that he's time on his feet. His heart mm -hmm. rate is up. He's using his muscles, that type of thing. He's getting a workout in. So we, we try to set a lot of our um, daily goals or our training goals are, are based on amount of minutes that you're doing. Okay. And then we'll, we'll give miles like as a reference. You know, so, so for, for example, we might say, you know, our, our group today is going to do like 40 to 45 minutes, so about a six mile run, you know, mm -hmm. at, at an easy conversational pace, that type of thing. You know, most of our guys like in that advanced group are probably going to kind of get somewhere around there, that type of thing. It allows a little bit of flexibility. If you're need to go just a little bit easier, you know, you can still kind of get that amount in. Um, one of the things that, that as a, when I was younger, you know, I would count like, tenths of a mile, you know, the, again, I just got too like hyper-focused on some of those small details that didn't mm. really matter, you know, and it was about, it was about the time on your feet. It was about getting your, your minutes, that type of thing. And mm -hmm. um, not, not every run you have to feel like totally dead from, you know, yeah. some, some runs it's okay to feel like, Oh, I'm not out of breath. It was just a good recovery day today or an easier type of day. So, um, so we, we kind of go, go by minutes for, for a number of reasons. So, um, three levels, beginner, intermediate, and like an advanced. That's based, again, on what their background is, their training age, their injury history. And then um, do you want me to kind of go over, like, what we do, like, on a daily basis, like a, like a week? Or, or how much do you want me to get in depth? Yeah, I mean, as much as you want to share, I think, like, a, an example week, maybe in, like, the thick of training okay. would, be, would be helpful. 
So, so typically on a Monday, what we'll do is we'll come in the morning before school. Uh, school here for us starts about 7.30. So we're usually getting here. We're usually starting in the morning at 6. So guys are getting here anytime from anytime from 5.45 to like 6.05. Okay, yeah. practice starts <laughs> at 6. Yeah. <laughs> 6.05, all right. Monday mornings, we'll go into the fitness center. And uh, we, we just, um, our school had some, um, had a referendum recently. And so we had some leftover um, funds that we were able to uh, work on a, uh, you know, kind of rehab some space. And we have a really nice fitness center in place now. So we've taken full advantage of that. We get in there on Monday mornings and we'll do some strength and conditioning type stuff. Um, Monday afternoon, we will go for our long run. Uh, and that can be anywhere from, again, beginner to advanced. We might be going anywhere from 45 to 50 minutes up to 90, 95, 100 minutes. Mm -hmm. um, so some of our top guys, upperclassmen that have been through the, the program over the years, they might be getting in 13 to 14 miles. Okay. So we, mostly that is um, fairly comfortable, I guess I would say, for the pace. Um, every once in a while, we might spice it up by maybe having it be like more progressive mm -hmm. um, where they get a little bit quicker as the, but it kind of depends maybe on you know, do we have a race on Saturday or how hard do we go on Saturday? What do we got coming up the next week? So um, we kind of modify based on what we perceive is, is the need and what, you know, how the athletes are responding to the other type of thing. So um, Monday morning, we're lifting and we're gonna, doing a long run in the afternoon. Um, the last year or two, we have experimented with going back to back on Tuesday, Wednesday with some workouts. Okay. Mm -hmm. Or quality, I guess you would say quality days. I mean, that's a better way to say it. So Tuesday morning, we come in before school and we'll get in a double. We'll get in some easy mileage in the morning. And that could be anywhere from 25 to 35 minutes. So okay. you're looking at you know, three and a half, four, four and a half, five miles, something like that. Then after school, we will, we typically have been doing um, some type of like threshold run, threshold pace running. So whether it's like a continuous tempo, uh, a progression style tempo, uh, maybe like an out and back, you know, hey, we're going to go out say like half an hour easy and then you're going to come back and we want you to negative split um mm. kind of go by feel we might do like an interrupted tempo run where we may we may play with the pace a little bit and we run just a little bit quicker they would you kind of consider like your true tempo pace mm -hmm. but we break it up and give them like a minute or two recovery in between to try to get mm -hmm. them to be just a little bit more uncomfortable <laughs> to try mm -hmm. to get used to handling just a little bit more of that 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 feeling of again that discomfort that you might feel um, so and we might do something like, say, like three times eight or nine minutes with like two minutes recovery in between. Mm -hmm. So essentially for half an hour, their heart rate is kind of staying elevated. I mean, that, that little short break they're getting, their heart rate really isn't coming down. Mm -hmm. You know, it just gives them a chance to kind of catch their breath a little bit. Maybe grab a sip of water or anybody maybe who's kind of starting to drop off the group. It gives them a chance like to refocus and, oh, okay, I can get back on there to start number two. Mm. So they get back in there and, hey, keep that group together as best as we can, that type of thing. So um, we've done like a lot more like tempo running on Tuesdays. Then on Wednesday, we just go after school only. And that's usually where we would do like a, maybe we just kind of consider like your intervals, you know, like your race pace running. Uh, so you know, your Ks, you know, at, at uh, 3,200 to 5k pace, or you know, may just over 5k pace, depending on, again, how we're seeing they're handling the first two days, mm -hmm. you know, kind of basing it off of that. Um, 
you might do some 400s, uh, you know, at, at that race pace to kind of kind of get that sense down of this is what it should kind of feel like. Try to get comfortable, relax at running this speed. Um, towards the end of the season, you might try to make that a little bit faster. Sometimes we kind of run into some issues with running a little bit faster too early. <laughs> and mm. that has kind of come back to bite us in the butt a few times. Um, as we've, we've run a little bit, we've, we, I don't want to say we've peaked, but we've gotten a little bit sharper, race sharper a little bit earlier in the year, maybe than we have intended to do. So there's mm. always a bit of a balancing act um, on that. And one of the challenges when you're doing a long day Monday, then doing some tempo running on Tuesday, and then doing a workout on Wednesdays, that you really have to work on trying to rein the athletes in, that they're not doing each one too hard because it makes the whole thing way too hard, you know? Mm -hmm. And I mean, if you think about your, your, you know, your, your true kind of tempo run, it should be fairly manageable, um, you know, for, for the most part, you know, it's a pace that you should be able to kind of handle. And there's, and there's some element of discomfort there, but I mean, it shouldn't be something that you just leave like, Hey, I just basically went all out on this and raced, you know? Mm -hmm. And we also have kind of tried this in the sense that by the time you get to Wednesday, and you're doing your kind of your race pace work, you already are kind of sufficiently fatigued from the volume from the first couple of days, mm -hmm. you know? And so now you're having to try to work race pace when you're not hundred percent fresh, mm -hmm. which I mean, what's the challenge in a meet, you know, trying to maintain your race pace when you're already a little bit fatigued. Mm -hmm. you know? So kind of looking at the cumulative effect of the week and how does it play into when I go on Wednesday and, you know, we don't want to be our freshest. We have to try to work through how, so how do you kind of get them to the point without it being a race where when they get that workout going, they're already kind of having to deal with like, I'm a little bit tired. You know, my legs are a little bit heavy, you know, all those things that kids will say, mm -hmm. how do you kind of get them to the point where like they're ready to handle that from a training standpoint, so they can handle it when they come to times to come time to race. And uh, so we, we've kind of taken that approach. Again, we've had varying levels of success. Mm -hmm. <laughs> some guys have responded to it well, and some have not, not so much. And um, so we're, the verdict is not out on that one yet. We're still, still <laughs> kind of experimenting with it. Uh, but then anyways, Thursday would be um, easy pace day for us. We'll come back Thursday morning and run some uh, mileage there. Thursday afternoon, we're getting our miles in. Um, Friday, we go before school and it's like easy pre-meet, you know, little half hour shakeout, uh, some, some mm -hmm. strides on the football turf, that type of thing. And then they're off Friday afternoon. Then we race on Saturday. Um, so that's kind of like a week at a glance for us. Uh, and like I said, we, we've kind of played with it a little bit. We've done the, the, the long run has kind of stayed Monday as long as I've been coaching as the mm -hmm. head coach. Um, we've kind of done the Tuesday, Thursday workout schedule um we've done the like i said the last couple of year year or two we've tried the tuesday wednesday workout schedule mm -hmm. um you know uh might try just the wednesday only workout schedule so mm -hmm. again i'm trying different things and we're you know kind of playing around with different things from time to time and seeing how it works and all that yeah so for the kids who have responded well or maybe and then even for the kids who have not responded well like why do you think that is for your current training 
because they they either they hit the paces properly or they don't mm. hit the paces properly. <laughs> For you know, sure. One of the things again, and you you obviously have worked with 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 kids, and obviously you've run and you know I've run and that type of thing. I mean, especially if you're very driven, there can be a tendency to like, oh, the coach said run this pace, I'm going to mm-hmm. try to beat that pace <laughs> every <laughs> single interval, you know. Mm-hmm. So. Oh, I gotta, you know, those guys, those guys that are type A are very driven like that, very um, goal oriented. They have high goals. They want to try to, and trying to get them to rein them in a little bit and trust you like, Hey, you, you know, you don't need to go all out, but sometimes that's a little bit easier said than done. And again, kids are, they're learning, you know, and you, you can't fault a kid for having high goals, but how do you step in and tell a kid, Hey, you've got to kind of balance um, the, the, um, the, uh, uh gosh you got to kind of balance this level of enthusiasm mm. in the scheme of the whole week and that that can be tough for kids to kind of grasp that so i mean it takes a runner who is a little bit mature is willing to be a little bit patient is willing to be a little bit you got to trust a little bit you know hey i'm not going to go to the well all out on this day so i can get the full benefit out of the whole thing mm-hmm. so kind of getting to look at the big picture of the week as opposed to just this interval <laughs> Yeah, it's day, you know, so yeah, it's a work in progress. Yeah, definitely. So this is my this is my first year at Carmel, but my fifth year coaching. I was uh when I went so I graduated from Purdue. I huh? spent two years with 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 oh, I can't even speak now with West Lafayette as an assistant. Oh, very cool. And then two years with Fishers, my alma mater, as an assistant. And one thing I've noticed that maybe one of the most challenging things to I don't know, to deal with, I guess, as a um, a coach of a, a bigger team is that like group dynamic where maybe the, the the best kid on the team and the 14th best kid on the team are like best friends and they always want to run with each other or <laughs> or there's just a big group of, of the best guys. Who maybe the best guy is really good, like in our situation with Carmel. I mean, we have a, you know, a good team, but our best guy is really, really good. And then, you know, the seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth, are also good but maybe they shouldn't quite be running their easy days with the best guy and then maybe they probably shouldn't go out in the workout with the best guy but they're like friends and you don't want to tell them not like they yeah. have to run by themselves i feel like i don't know have you it's, seen that have, have you oh, found any solutions to that still looking. Yeah. <laughs> still looking no absolutely i definitely have seen that it's tough part of the thing about being on a team is that you want to be with your teammates Mm-hmm. You know, now we as adults and coaches understand that sometimes maybe from the training benefit that, you know, I guess an ideal world, you know, you, I know Carmel, you guys have what, what, 120 guys, 100, 130 guys, 150. I know you, you have a lot. Okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. ideally every single one of those kids would probably have their own individualized training plan mm-hmm. specifically <laughs> for them. But we know the practical side of the thing is that, you know, trying to manage all those different training plans. Number one, it be it's it's, it's a it'd be a lot. And number mm-hmm. two, part of the thing is the kids they want to be on a team because they want to be with their friends. And their right. Friends. There is a fine line there. So <laughs> all that to say, we're still working. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, and I think there are days where, um, I, well, I guess let me say this. I think sometimes maybe the the um, the in between seasons. Okay, your your winter and your summer that can be a time where maybe there's a little bit maybe less structure or pressure mm. um, with the season and that type of thing. Well, maybe some of those guys may have that opportunity to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I think, I think there are some days where guys really can't go easy enough. 
you know, yeah. I, you know, <laughs> you know, some of those, some of those, uh, those recovery days, I mean, if they're going eight, eight 30, you know, for some of our top guys, like, well, you know, just getting your recovery and that type of thing and letting your body mm -hmm. rest up and all that kind of stuff, getting you ready for the next day, recovering from the workout and that type of thing. So some of those, those other guys might be trying to stay in there and, mm -hmm. uh, you know, again, like you said, it can be tough to kind of balance, making sure that everybody kind of gets the recovery that they need. But then you also kind of balance that team dynamic as well. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I bring up that issue without any type of solution, but <laughs> this is something I've been thinking about. Okay, so we're gonna go into the theme. If you still have some time. Yeah, let's let's, let's just keep going. Okay, okay, cool. I appreciate it. Um, I think you might have jinxed yourself by saying we're I, not gonna I go. might have. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So the theme is like developing the person, not just the athlete. Um, so first question, what is the role of a coach in helping the athlete become not just a great athlete, but also a great student, friend, future employee, et cetera, et cetera? Yeah, I think like, like uh, I, th I think it's a really good question. <laughs> it's a really good question. I think we've kind of touched on it a little bit that, again, we have um, we, we get a great opportunity to where we are as adults and as a coach, again, you sometimes you kind of get input that um, that you know you're kind of in a different place than mom and dad, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, the kids they know their parents, their parents are there for them, they're giving them lessons. But you know, as a coach, you know, we can also kind of give them lessons and guide them and direct them and maybe reinforce some of the lessons maybe they, they're hopefully learning at home and those type of things. But we also have kind of seen, you know, this is what like the world is like. And, mm -hmm. you know, you're going to be, I mean, for a lot of kids, I mean, this might be the closest thing they have maybe to like, you know, to a job, you mm. know, where they're, they're committing to something, they're, they're showing up every day, you know, so they're kind of starting to learn some of those lessons that are going to hopefully carry them over, that they're going to carry over with them until they get into, you know, their life outside of, uh, outside of sports and high school and, and that type of thing. So, we're trying to teach them the, the value and the importance of, you know, being on time or relatively <laughs> close to being on time, you know, and um, reemphasizing the importance of that. And, um, you know, being a, uh, being a, a good teammate, you know, supporting your, uh, you know, your, 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 uh, you know, your, your fellow, you know, athletes, all that kind of stuff. I mean, I think again, all those lessons you can kind of directly apply. And I think they're kind of showing the kids, you know, what we're doing here this is how you can kind of see that connection, you know, in the outside world. Mm. Um, so I mean, again, I think that the coach has a, has a great, um, there's a great inroad for the coach kind of to help kids at an impressionable age, kind of hopefully mold them with some values, behaviors, character traits, characteristics, whatever that they can then hopefully then, you know, they can take that with them. You know, when they when they kind of mm. leave, and they they leave they leave our uh, they leave our locker rooms for the last time. Yeah, you've kind of already answered this question, but what are some of the lessons that you are trying to teach your distance runners? Yeah, that's great. That was a great one. I think one of the the biggest lessons that we try to teach them, and I, I know a lot of other our schools are doing this too, is about the just the importance of your character, that mm. that who you are, and that the, the choices that you make. And the reputation that you have, it's the most valuable thing you have. Um, I mean, I mean, for me, 
one of the lessons that we try to emphasize with them is that 10, 15, 20, 30 years from now, your teammates are maybe not going to remember exactly um, the times that you ran or the place that you got, but they're going to remember, man, this kid, he was, you know, he was, he was a cool guy. He, he treated me with respect. Mm. He was kind. He was encouraging to me. You know, those are the things that stick with you, you know, long after, you know, your, your time of running or being on the team is done. And so, you know, the character that you have, your reputation, that's the most valuable thing that you have. And all those choices that you make on a day-to-day basis say a lot about you mm. and getting kids to kind of hopefully see that, you know, um, it's easy to do the right thing when the coach is there breathing on your neck, you know, with the stopwatch and kind of <laughs> doing out that time. I mean, anybody can work hard when the coach is there watching at practice, but for the guys that are getting up on you know, Sunday and getting their miles and maybe on their own, you know, or the guys that are doing it when there's not a practice. I mean, I kind of think back to a couple of years ago, uh, the, the whole, you know, when, when COVID, um, when that, we you know, when we weren't allowed to meet as a, as a team, and as coaches, I mean, and we can do the Zooms and we can do the emails and the, the text groups and all those kind of apps and all that type of stuff. And that's all well and good. But in the day, the kids got to do it themselves. You mm-hmm. know, I, mean, I can't run the miles for the kid. You know, mm-hmm. the only one that can do that is him. And, you know, it's easy when I'm there saying, hey, you know, you need to hit this. But when when the when the lights are, you know, when it's when it's all about him and he's got to make that choice or, or, you know, her, you know, if you're a girl's coach, whatever, I mean what they do when no one else is looking and it doesn't matter to anybody, but them says a lot about them. I mean, so we mm. try to, again, kind of get that across to you. One of the guys kind of going back to that COVID thing, there was, there was a boy on the team that um, we obviously weren't, we weren't allowed to meet as a team, but guys were still going out and getting runs. And there was a boy that a lot of times when I'd be out on my run, I would pass him doing his run. Mm. He was one of those guys. Again, he was, you know, 30 something man in the team or 40 something man in the team. And, you know, probably again, not to sound, you know, harsh or mean, but he's not going to get his name in the paper ever, or, you know, that kind of thing. He's, he's doing it just for him and for his own goals. And, you know, that, mm. that says a lot about you. So hopefully trying to get the kids to realize again, what, what you do and the choices that you make, all those little choices that you make on a day-to-day basis that you might not think makes a big deal, you know, turning your homework on time you know, being a good attentive listener in class, you know, um, you know, how you talk to your teachers and that kind of stuff, all that stuff means a lot. And it says a lot about who you are and that all kind of helps to shape your character. And all that. So and you kind of got to be intentional, you know, with, mm-hmm. with what you do and um, you know, you've got to get, again, you got to understand the importance that, that your character and reputation does stick with you for a long, long time. So mm-hmm. you got to make it count. Yeah, <laughs> and, for sure. And try to, encourage them and then reinforce them when they hopefully do the right thing mm. uh, you know that they're that they are kind of growing and have some grace you've got to have some patience and some forgiveness again they're kids i mean as adults we don't get it right yeah. <laughs> you know all the time or any of the time ever so again, I mean, <laughs> someone who's kind of walked that road before them and kind of lived that you know we can be the ones that kind of hopefully help show them that yeah so through the years that you've been an assistant or uh, head coach as well, have there been like some things you've implemented or changed about your culture or even the way that you coach to kind of achieve these ends of of seeing your athletes, you know, improve their character and different things like that? 
one of the things that we did that I that I really like is that, um, and not that there's anything wrong with doing it any other ways, but um, when I took over as the head coach, our team camp, we opened up to basically all the guys in the team. Mm. And I mean, when it, when I was first year as an assistant, it was kind of more for our top athletes. And the the reason was just for ease of supervision. And when you're going to to camp and you're training the trails and stuff like that, it was easy for guys to get lost. And it allowed for your top group to be able to kind of stay closer together to kind of build that bond amongst themselves. But for our our, our kind of our middle and our back of the pack type guys, um, you know, our our top guys they were also getting like the IHSA tournament where mm-hmm. they were getting the the post the pasta suppers at so and so's house. Mm-hmm. to go to all the you know the sectionals and the regionals and the you know, semi states and say in the cool meets and get to kind of get their name so they were getting kind of a good experience there that was you know a lot of the guys would say that that was the highlight of their season was getting to do that but for our, our other guys you know getting to take them to camp um was a big thing for them and that kind of helped them to buy in a little bit more mm. and it got them to be a little bit more focused and consistent over the summer because they knew at the end of summer <laughs> we're going to camp for a week and it's going to be tough and I better get myself ready so I better be here all the time every day <laughs> and that just again that kind of helped to re to reinforce that idea of, of consistency in training and consistency in um, your commitment to the team and uh, I definitely think for a lot of guys that helped them to feel more part of the team which had a, had a positive impact then on, you know, they, they felt like, Oh, you know, even though um, the, the top group is continuing on through the postseason, I'm still a part of this team. And I'm going to go and support them like at these meets and that type of thing. So mm-hmm. uh, I think opening the, opening it up, opening up camp to all of the guys in our team w- w- made a huge difference for us. That's cool. Yeah. I would definitely agree with that. Even on, from the coach's perspective, like the, our team camp was the first time I really got to know, like most of the guys on the team, like I'd been coming to practice for maybe a couple of weeks, you know, through the summer, but that really accelerates that, that team bonding. And even just thinking back to my own running career, I think some of my fondest memories are, are from team camp. It's oh, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Nothing yeah like it's, it. a great, it's, it's a great opportunity for the coaches to kind of sit around and just connect with some of these other guys that, I mean, once mm-hmm. the season gets going, obviously as a coach, you care about and coach and, and work with all athletes of all abilities. Mm-hmm. But sometimes maybe your top athletes tend to take a little bit more of your time and, and, and understandably so, mm-hmm. you know, but the camp is a great opportunity to kind of get to know maybe some of the other kids and start to form those relationships with them so that they see that you care about them and that you're, you know, you're interested in their progress and growth and development as well. So I think, including everybody is, is definitely a, a positive thing that coaches should consider. Yeah, for sure. It's also interesting to see like maybe some of the middle of the pack or back of the pack guys, like how good they were at different, like other things. Yeah. Like maybe it was like cornhole or can yes. jam or Mario Carter, like yeah. just oh, these yeah. random things, you know? Yeah. Yeah. We go mini golfing, you know? Oh no. Eh? That's yeah, fun. Yeah. Getting to see him do that. Playing ultimate Frisbee, of course, mm-hmm. you know, playing volleyball at the beach, that type of thing. Yeah. So yeah. gave those kids a chance to kind of like, Oh, this kid, he can do that. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. You know, yeah. I got, to, I got to know him a little bit better. Yeah, absolutely. Um, do you think you can be a great coach without caring about your athletes? Like as people? Oh gosh, that's a tough question. Yeah. <laughs> I guess I mean, it depends on what you define great. I mean, could, could you get results? 
You know, could you have a successful program without caring about your athletes as an individual? I suppose you could. Mm-hmm. You know, I suppose you could. I think we're kind of at a point though where the days are gone, where it's like the I'm the coach and you do what I say kind of thing. I mean, mm. I think, you know, there was a time when that was how a lot of times coaches were perceived if you know, whether they did it or not, I think coaches that was a perception. Yeah, I'm the mm-hmm. coach and this is the rule and what I say goes and all that kind of stuff. And I think I think nowadays um coaching has had to evolve a little bit. And I mean, I think we wear so many hats and, and so many different things that we've got to kind of think about and, and take into consideration when we make our decisions about how we're going to approach the season as a whole, the mm-hmm. league on the small side of things. I mean, there's a lot of things that just go into that. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I think um, a, a coach would be wise. Let me say it that way. A coach would be wise to, um, you know, to, to invest in their athletes on a personal level. That's appropriate, of course, you know, mm-hmm. to, 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 to care about them and to show they care about them. I think, um, you know, once, once your athletes know that you care about them, I think that will, um, I think it helps them to buy in a little bit more. Um, and you know, I, I, I think, I think only good things can kind of come from that, but I mean, I think, I guess you could be good or a great coach and still get results not doing that, but I, I definitely, definitely think the, the benefits that you would have, I mean, would kind of outweigh that, you know? Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree. I think, uh, Sluter that said it like it feels like kind of you're cheating because like you said when you do care about your athletes there is tends to be a little bit more buy-in yeah yeah it's like well and 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 when they care for each other also Mm. you know i mean again you're you're putting yourself in running you you go into a race knowing that you're going to be hurting (laughs) (laughs) you know you know you're not going to avoid it you know i mean it's our, our sport in some ways is very very predictable that you know at some point during this race gonna hurt mm-hmm. i'm gonna be in some discomfort you know it's gonna be tough and you know you gotta find a way to get through that and sometimes knowing that like well this guy's counting on me you know or i'm doing it for him you know having those connections sometimes helps you to find that courage to kind of get through that mm. and you know i mean i think if you know like not that like oh my coach is coming i don't want to let him down but sometimes having that connection helps the 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 athletes to kind of find like like there's a purpose there. There's a reason for this. You know, I'm part of something. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're willing, they're maybe a little bit more <laughs> willing to try to work through some of that because again, they they care about it and they know that you care about it. They know that you care about them. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes they're willing to they can find a little bit extra level they can kind of get through. Yeah. Yeah, I I completely agree with that. Um this is a question I'm always curious about, but how do you balance like developing relationships with your athletes and hopefully like fostering in an environment where they feel comfortable sharing, you know, if they have an injury or things are going on in their lives that are affecting their running, but also maintaining that kind of respect and authority as well. Like how do you strike that balance? Yeah, I think, I think it comes to just being a good listener. I mean, you have to listen Hmm. and you have to honestly hear what they're saying. And I think that's, again, I think that's the thing that's built over time. I don't think it just happens at one moment. You know, Mm -hmm. I think it's the little investments that you put in every day. I mean, trying to interact with the kids, talking to them, saying hi to them, asking them how their day went, you know, trying to make time to 
address as, as many of the kids as you can. Again, I know you guys are in a unique situation where you have a lot, a lot of kids. I mean, there mm -hmm. might be some days where you might not get to talk to every single kid individually, but I mean, trying to make a point to um, interact with, you know, as many of the kids as you can to let them know that you care, that you're, that, that they know that you honestly do care. I mean, cause again, they can, they can see through, they can see through the facade very easily and they know yeah. you're being real and you're being fake. I mean, so they, they can kind of see that you, they get that, and, but they also know that at the end of the day, I think there's some openness and transparency that you have to have also. You know, I think um, coaches to an extent, I mean, I'll, I'll talk with my boys sometimes about some of the decisions that go into like why we're doing this workout here and why we're doing this and those kind of things. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, pull, pull back the curtain a little bit at some point to kind of let them see like, hey, this is why I'm doing this. You know, you may not have to agree, but I think it's going to be for the best in this way. And then guys can be like, okay, yeah, I might not agree with that, but you know, I respect where coach is coming from. Mm -hmm. and you can kind of see that, you know, uh, that you've got those decisions to make and all that type of thing. So and I think, but I think it comes down to just listening. Mm -hmm. And I think it comes down to trying to get to know the kids, you know, as best as you can within reason. Mm -hmm. uh, and not that you're going to go, <laughs> you know, hang out with them, that type of thing, but that you're going yeah. to, you, you care about what they're doing, you know, you know, this kid's in band. Well, how did, how did your concert go? Or this mm. kid does, you know, uh, science Olympiad, you know, how was your competition? And, you know, again, knowing their names, I, th I think one thing that's gone, gone a long ways too, is like knowing kids PRs, you know, mm. that if you can kind of remember what their PRs, you know, so that when they finish, you're like, that, you know, you'd have to go back. I mean, sometimes you have to go obviously and go back, but, like the kids, like, oh yeah, my coach knows what my PR is. You know, he's got yeah. all my all my time. You know, what I ran at this meet, like, they know that you care about them. You know, and uh, it just takes takes a little bit of a uh, little bit of work. But I mean, I think again, I think if you're you're doing it, I mean, I think you're, uh, you know, you, you'll you'll enjoy doing it. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's that's spot on, especially with with a bigger program. I think those those little things go a long way. I know, like when I first started out, I just tried to make a point to learn all their names and it took forever. So I'm like yeah. just terrible with names naturally, <laughs> but yeah, even just, yeah, just knowing little things, you know, the little small conversations you have, remembering those, I think that's, that's really yeah. good advice. It goes a long way. It goes For a sure. long way. It's, again, it's those little things, the day to day little things that again, you don't, you might not realize it, but it just, it adds up, you know, it's that being that, uh, that, that consistency and that, that, that just, again, those, those little everyday moments. Yeah. Um, when your athletes look back at their time in your program, what do you hope that they either remember or take away from their time with you and the program? Oh gosh, that's that's a good one. Also, hopefully that they found a place where they could be part of something that was bigger than them. Mm. They could be a part of. They could belong to something. Um, that's one of the things I've always hoped as a coach that we could provide for our student athletes. And I know that again, I'm not perfect. I mean. You know, we've we've made mistakes and all that kind of stuff, but we try to hopefully provide an environment again where where young men for a couple of years feel like they're part of something that's bigger than them, mm. that what they do with their time that it matters, and that it hopefully that it matters to them and and to me. And again, I know that I'm kind of in a um, I'm fortunate to be in the position that I'm in at Valparaiso that um, you know a lot of our tradition comes from before me you know mm. i mean it's, it might be a little bit different where you're at a place where you're trying to kind of grow that from the ground up 
Um, but again, Valpo has been a, a, a high school that, again, it's for, you know, for its history has, has had success. And I know, again, we kind of stand on the shoulders of those that came before us. And again, I know I kind of, you know, kind of had that, that already kind of built in a lot of ways when I, when I came in. Um, so again, kind of for the boys that there's this sense that like, I'm a part of something special. Mm -hmm. and that I'm a part of something that's bigger than me. And ho hopefully that they get that what they feel like that their time has been, um, they've been able to kind of contribute to that. Yeah. But, but they got to be a part of something bigger than themselves, basically. You know, they, yeah. they did their time matter. They just weren't just floating through high school. They were a part of something. Mm, that's cool. Yeah, I feel like most of the things I remember from high school weren't necessarily in the classroom, but it's that, yeah, the time spent on the team, building those relationships and the things we accomplished. Yeah, you uh, know, I guess I'll say one other thing about that too, yeah. that um, that, that they look back and they can kind of say, you know what, that, that, I, that I miss it. Mm. You know, that, that would be a great thing too for me that you know, they can look back and they can say, oh gosh, I mean, some of those morning practices, oh, I didn't like it enough <laughs> that early. Some of those runs like at the, the dunes or the state park, I mean, it was tough. Mm -hmm. it was the, you know, the hills and it was the same it was challenging or oh man running all those miles in the summer like but they can look back and they can say with maturity like yeah it was tough but i miss it mm -hmm. you know I, I miss that and then you know that it, that it meant something to them so yeah, that's, that's kind of what i'm hoping that they get out of it that that it was something that when they leave that they will miss it because it, it did matter and it did have value to you know their their couple years of, of high school yeah absolutely I feel like that is, those are things that you don't realize until later. Yeah. That maybe yeah. you do miss it or you, yeah, yeah wish you could be back yeah. there. Yeah. Uh, okay. So we finally arrived. This is my last question. All right. All right. <laughs> just, just a little over time. Um, it was worth it. And it's been, like I said, it's been a blast. I'm so, yeah. What you invited me to do this. And um, it, went, it went by so quickly, too. I know, right? Time has flown by. But... Yeah. We're almost at two hours. That's crazy. Yeah. It's very crazy. Okay. So outside of fast times and accomplishments, what motivates you as a coach? Oh gosh, that's a good one. That's a tough one too. <laughs> um, again, the, the team does. Okay. Having, again, hopefully trying to have a team that again, like I said, that, that the guys can be a part of and mm -hmm. feel like they're part of something. Um, but for me, one of the things that I, I like to see and is motivating to me is the growth of the, the individual. Mm. And that when they come into the program, hopefully that they leave in and they've, they've grown through the program. You know, hopefully in not only time, you know, they've gotten you know, stronger, faster, you know, that type of thing. Their PRs have improved, but they've also grown as a person. And mm. they've, again, they've learned they've grown up a little bit, you know, mm -hmm. they come in at 14 years old and they're kind of that middle school mentality and they're immature. <laughs> and then <laughs> they're still immature for most of the high school and all that kind of stuff. And you got to still work with them and they try to encourage them to make good decisions and all that type of thing. And then when they leave and they're, 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 they're going out and you, you can say like, wow, gosh, I mean, I remember this kid and look at the leadership they show now as a senior mm. and, you know, um, not that they get everything right. And again, you know, adults make mistakes kids make mistakes and you, you take that with it and again you, you try to learn from all those kind of things but um for, for me what motivates me is getting to be a part of the kids growth and development hmm. and um you know getting to have a small part in that i mean as 
like you mentioned, I've, I've got kids of my own. Um, I mean, what's the most valuable, the most valuable thing you have is, is your kids. And mm-hmm. the opportunity that I get to invest in the lives of these kids, you know, that, that the parents in the school, you know, has put the trust in me to be able to mm-hmm. play the role that I get to play. I mean, that's, it's very humbling, mm-hmm. you know, and again, being at Valpo, I mean, this is, like I said, I mean, you know, I'm here, who knows how long I'm here, you know, for as many years as I am that I get to play a part in the history and the tradition of this. And someday somebody else is going to take over when I'm gone. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know when that day will come, but that I can hopefully do the best that I can um, to hopefully help Valpo continue to have success and help the kids that I get that walk through my door to hopefully grow, not only in the ac- the athletic area, but can hopefully as, as, as people, individual, individuals and young men that when they go again, they can, uh, you know, take, take some of the lessons they've learned and they, they've, they've, they've learned and grown from that. Yeah. That's awesome. I think it's one of the beauties of running is kind of like what you said, I think maybe at the beginning, maybe with like the different ball sports, like if you, you can't, let's say you're not the best at a position or whatever, (laughs) you can't really like I don't know, see your progression or, or maybe even don't even see the field at, at times, but with running, like if you start off at 25 minutes, yes. maybe next race, you're 24, 30, so on and so forth. Yes. And then also like on the personal side, like just seeing them grow and mature and become, mm-hmm. I don't know, men of character. It's, it's really cool. Yes. Yeah. And, and running, I think running one of the things that's, that's also, um, I don't want to say unique about it because I'm sure other things have it as well, but one of the things that kind of is representative of it is that, a lot of times for running, um, you you have to kind of put in some time. You don't always get like the immediate mm. um, result or the reward, you know. Mm-hmm. And so there is kind of a, you know, um, a you have to kind of look with that forward perspective that like, hey, I might not get this right now. And I think, again, I don't want to kind of go off on a tangent, but, you know, our society as a whole, I mean, everything's going to be like almost instantaneous. I'm like, mm. I need that feedback. And yeah. so in some ways running, trying to get, you know, the kids to like, hey, you might have to work for a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. you have to sacrifice for a little bit. You know, it might not come this week or next week or this month or next month or this season. It might be two or three years down the road, mm. you know, and you have to kind of just keep working at it, you know, but if you continue to work hard and you continue to set your goals and, you know, kind of train for it and be consistent, you know, who knows, you know, yeah. you, gotta, you know, so you have to sign this have to kind of, you know, sacrifice a little bit in the, the immediate, you know, hopefully to, to get that result that you're going for in the big picture. Yeah. Maybe something else that's different than like other sports is how linear cross country is. Like you, for the most part, you get out what you put in. Yes. And then yeah. also similar, like, I don't know, for like basketball, you could kind of just show up and if you have some talent, <laughs> you know, you can play. Right. But like, if you don't run all summer and show up, you're not going to be able to perform. So maybe you're not going to be the best in in the state, but you can always improve yourself, which is really cool. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, awesome. I know. (laughs) Speaking of kids, probably (laughs) go see yours. Um, I appreciate you doing this. This is really enjoyable. Oh, well, thank you for saying it. It was, yeah, it was very enjoyable for me. I'm again, I'm just so, uh, so grateful for you to have me on and grateful to you again for the work that you've done. Like I said, I mean, I can't imagine getting all the, the research that you have to do and the questions you have to come up with and all that type of thing. So 
appreciate you taking the time out and inviting me on and all that type of thing. And I really enjoyed the conversation with you. Yeah. Thank you. Um, cool. Well, another episode in the books. Thank you, everybody. I'll talk to you next time.